Hi and welcome to Australian Financial Focus. My name is Barry Wilkinson, Director of Statewide Wealth Group. Today we're going to speak to a leading real estate agent, Damien Misso from Ray White, Woody Point. So Damien, welcome. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come speak to me. Real estate is a big topic of conversation in the industry. It's a very conflicting uh, news that's coming out. Property prices will dramatically drop. Property prices won't be as bad as what we think. Mate, can you give us uh, a bit of an idea? How's the market at the current stage? Yeah, look, like like most businesses, uh, March, I think the real estate industry as a whole just had a bit of a shock as, you know, Industries were closing down and the new normal was establishing itself. Um, But I think a lot of your listeners will be pleased and encouraged when they hear some of the recent activity I can share with you on behalf of Ray White Queensland. Um, So for the week of April 23rd through to April 29th, uh, Ray White Queensland has put 147 properties under conditional contracts, so totalling just over $77 million worth of property. Um, another 88 properties went unconditional, totaling 46.27 million, uh, and 142 properties settled, totaling 82.56 million. Um, also for buyers, the exciting thing is the Ray White Queensland Network has listed 539 new properties. So those numbers are a little bit lower than we're used to, but everyone should have a bit of confidence that housing is still very much ticking along and it's not as it used to be, but there is still activity. You mentioned just then not as it used to be. Define what it used to be. Well, with the recent numbers that you've given, I know you're probably yeah, putting so, it on your feet. And yeah, on so um, with, with, with open homes and those sorts of things, I mean, transaction levels are down a percentage. To quantify, it's a little bit difficult um, right at the minute. I know in March, we came from a record high as a group. Um, so looking at the last three years, transaction numbers in March were the best they've been in the last three years. Uh, they quickly dropped to about 50% of that. So now it's it's starting to bounce back and we're, we're seeing a little bit of a recovery. So probably too early to say whether it's going to be a W bounce or a V bounce, but um, there is still activity. So let's say the 147 properties were put under, were put under contract. How did those 147 people interact given the current conditions that we're in? Yeah, so we can still do private inspections. So we're, we're putting a little bit more effort into marketing than we used to. So obviously your photos, floor plan, but video content has really gone through the roof. Um, some of the realestate.com data says that video views have increased by 88% in April. So people are taking a little bit more time and doing a little bit more homework before they inspect. But I've, I've still had a number of private inspections personally. We're just spacing them, we're timing them, we're asking buyers not to touch things, we're using hand sanitizer. So doing a little bit more work around the preparation instead of shaking hands, I give someone a squirt of sanitizer. Hmm. Um, but, and and there's, there's also people who are looking just digitally. So uh, I put a property under contract this week where the buyer is in New South Wales. No uh, fear from the seller in terms of putting it on the market? They were on the market just before everything broke. Uh, I mean, listing numbers have dropped a little bit. Um, it's it's the genuine sellers and the genuine buyers. So it's um, it's a little bit more pleasing in some respects for us as agents. We don't have the people who are just 
thinking of doing something in two years and kicking tires. So you, how are you? How are you um, combating people's expectations from a seller's point of view? Someone who thinks their house is worth X amount, given the current conditions with the slight inquiry levels have reduced. What are you saying to them about their expectations of that price that they think their house is worth? Owners always think their home's worth more than it is. So that's a common thread in any marketplace. Um, it's about education and uh, helping them understand recent sales, looking at the information we're getting from owners, uh, from buyers, sorry. Um, so the, the process hasn't really changed. Are you, are you encouraging buyers to do anything themselves to, to, to compare? I think there's so much information out there for buyers now, you know, more than there's ever been. Uh, so buyers probably know more about the marketplace than I do because they're getting and seeing more properties physically or digitally than I, I am. So it's in that respect, it's a property is really only ever going to be worth what a seller is willing to sell for and a buyer is prepared to pay. So that doesn't really change. The level might change a little bit, but I haven't seen a huge impact on prices just yet. Do you think a lot more people will be looking at properties a little bit more um, through the applications that are available now for people to view? That has yeah, that has started already. So yeah, um, a, a big increase in video uh, activity. So uh, I'm pleased that we were already doing that with a lot of our owners, so that the 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 shift hasn't been too difficult for the ones that are currently on the market. But I think property is still very much a get inside and feel the space, see, so, the, see the natural light, that sort of thing. So you still need to get inside, I feel. So you'll feel that will return a lot more once the current situation is. Oh, there. absolutely. Look, yeah. I mean, people, people are still looking at property now. We just, you just got to be a little bit more prepared. That's all. Okay. What type of messages and posts can be a deterrent for people looking to sell in the current space at the moment, you mentioned limited open homes. Yes. Uh, say someone still wanted to do an open home. Are you finding open homes are being extended at the moment, time-wise, where you used to have an hour for the open home? Is it being extended for two to three hours? Well, open homes are illegal, so we can only do private appointments. So we're, we're limiting those private appointments to Have you seen an minutes. increase in them? No, no. So we're probably seeing 50% of the people we were seeing on a weekly basis at the moment. Uh, because we're not seeing the people who are speculating. So it's the genuine people in the marketplace and we're putting a lot more effort into qualification because of the health risk for our sellers, our buyers, ourselves. Qualification meaning what, mate? So if a buyer inquires now, I need to find out more thoroughly than I did before, where are you up to with your finance? Have you got a pre-approval? Can you display? Can you show me that if requested? Or have you got your property under contract? Or what stage are you up to? If you're not either well advanced in your finance approval process, or got that final approval, or got a home that is under contract, it's it's not the time for you to inspect. Are you finding that the sellers are requesting that? That's a request from me and a direction from us as Ray White, to make sure that our industry is protected. We've got to get ahead of the curve and be best practice in all of our interactions because we don't want what happened to the gyms or to the hotels or anything to happen to us. So we're being a little bit extra cautious. So, so I mean, it's eliminating 
some people. Some people are saying, can I have a look at the property? I'll send them a set of questions and then I won't hear from them. So you never used to ask those questions prior as much? Well, not as much, not for that initial inquiry because I'd be able to do that face-to-face. I, I prefer face-to-face. I prefer, you know, there was a time there where people didn't like to be qualified. You know, you look back in the 80s and 90s, qualification was the thing. Like my dad, when he started, he would, he'd ask you what blood type you, you had pretty much before he'd put you in his car. That then went the other way, probably a little bit too lax, where it was, g'day, yeah, I'm available at three o'clock, why don't I get you through? Now it's starting to head back to where it was. And I, I, I can say as a mortgage broker, to add with what you just mentioned there, why you're asking those questions, given that there's the JobKeeper allowance, people's employment, um, the banks are asking further questions to go, tell me, tell me if the client is in a... Uh, food and beverage industry. Some, if I'm dealing with someone in the, you know, who's an air hostess or someone who's a pilot. So it's very, it's very, it's interesting that you mentioned that because a lot of the banks have come out recently saying certain industries won't be looked upon as favourably as what they used to be. Absolutely. So, and people's overtime won't be taken in consideration. So it's really, really important. I really want to stress this point here to back you up. Uh, with what you said, why is it, it? It's so super important. Why you should show your real estate agent that pre-approval, mm. because the bank's policies are changing at the moment, and moving forward, it's likely that the landscape could change. So you, as agents, need that more so from a buyer. Yeah, and and you know more of this than than myself. But I heard recently that a lot of the offshore processing in Malaysia and Philippines mm. has been shut down. So finance approval times are taking a lot longer. Uh, I've just put a property under contract for the first time in I can't remember, which has a 28 day finance clause, because the bank's processing time was 17 business days. So probably could squeeze it through in 21. But the brokers just preferred for a 28 day clause. So that now has meant that there's a sunset clause in the contract so that the seller can accept another offer, which puts that buyer at risk if that's their dream property. So what's the sunset clause, mate? Sunset clause uh, allows uh, a seller to continue to market the property for sale and accept an offer on terms absolutely in the best interest of the seller. So terms completely up to them. If they do get a better offer in their eyes, uh, they can give notice to the buyer that you've got three days to make your contract unconditional or it's at an end and we'll proceed with the new offer. So do you think that that'll be the, the way forward for the remaining part of the year? Look, I would recommend that for a 28-day clause. For a 21-day clause, probably not. And this this particular buyer has a good deposit, has a good job. They're, I mean, there are. I did some homework That's on crazy. them before I put the offer forward and suggested to the owner that they should accept it. That preparation might have helped them to reduce mm. that to a did little Did they have bit. a pre-approval at all? I think they're in the process. There was a bit of a language barrier there with myself and the purchaser and okay. the broker. I mean, I've been a broker myself for 17 years. I've never I've, had an issue with your yeah, language never, barrier. No, no. I've never had a 28-day finance, never. Mm. I mean, look, I get that it, finance is extended, but I've never had a contract for 29 days myself. But, mm. and So that that's really interesting, and, and maybe that might be the new norm for the remaining part of the year. So people have to get comfortable with that. So you as a real estate agent will have to massage people's anxiety levels um, whilst obviously – you know, massaging people that are looking at buying the property. Um, how are you doing that, mate? I mean, I've, I've worked through different cycles in real estate. So the GFC, there's, there's, there's always challenges, you know, election years, you know, um, 
major weather events. There's always something that can impact it, impact the industry. Do you find, and I'm surprised you're going to give mortgage brokers here, hopefully you're going to give mortgage brokers here a bit of a plug, uh, a question I've got. Do you find it easier to communicate with a mortgage broker? 100%. As opposed to going, the client going through the bank? 100%. Yeah. Why? Because the broker has an interest in serving the client more so than the client being a number. Mm. Um, it's it's so much easier to go and call a mobile number at 7.30 at night and say, hey, Barry, where are we up to miss, with Mrs. Jones? Yeah. Uh, then having to be on hold because the banks are getting hammered at the moment. Uh, you know, I was you know, 45 minutes or an hour on hold mm. or something like that. Um, yeah, crazy, I'd, I'd isn't much it? rather just be able to call when it suits um, or when it's appropriate. I mean, I'll, I'll try and call a, a business person outside of business hours these days because uh, I know that during the, the normal nine to five, it's a bit crazy. So I'll try and call, you know, 7.30 at night or seven in the morning. So communication is obviously paramount, not just Huge. between nine to five. Mate, one of these questions that I get asked quite a bit at the moment from friends and, and, and um, people close to me, what steps would you recommend someone that's looking to sell their property right now? The first thing you would do is really understand why you want to move. So that's really establishing the why. Uh, if it's a, a motivational reason such as you need to upsize, you need to downsize, uh, you want to reduce debt, whatever those reasons are, it might be a relationship issue, they're obviously going to be the motivator. So really understand are they the, is it is now the best time to satisfy that need? If the answer to that is yes, the first thing you need to do is really understand who the best agent for you is. I would recommend talking to three agents. Mm -hmm. That's a good tip. And why three? Well, just talking to one, I think, is you, you're leaving yourself exposed. Even if it's the person who sold you the property, even if you've had a good relationship with them, I, I think three is a good number too to try and get an understanding of different processes, different levels of experience, who are you going to connect with that you're giving them your most valuable asset um, and you really need to have a, a good level of trust and confidence in the agent that they're going to be able to transact for you in this period of time. And what is a good agent, mate? What's a good agent? A good agent is somebody who's a clear communicator who keeps their promises and doesn't overpromise. I think too often agents will say exactly what you want to hear when they're sitting across the table from you, uh, but it's the social proof. Have a look through the portals. Have they sold a property similar to yours? Uh, how many homes have they got for sale? What's their days on market? There's a lot of things that you can really dig into now. And then, uh, and then it comes back to that human element. You mentioned communication. If I'm going to pick an agent, how do I find out if they're a good communicator? I think it's a little bit harder at this point in time because previously you could get a friend to go along to an open home, register to see the property and then see how that agent engaged with that particular buyer at the home and then see what the follow-up is. That's a great tip. So it's it's a little bit harder to do that now. Uh, however, you could still get somebody to send an email who perhaps isn't associated with your sale. Get them to send an email and inquiry. See how long it takes for them to reply to that email. See what the quality of the correspondence is. Um, then they might book an inspection if they're a genuine purchaser. So you might might know someone who's a genuine purchaser or you yourself might do it, just not let anybody know who you are and just inquire on a property. So moving forward, given that we have seen 
applications come out where you can bid online and you can visually see the property being shown by an agent via their phone. Someone that wants to sell their house, will the cost go up from an agent's point of view or their cost if they have to show their house online or the old traditional way? I believe there is a little bit more of an investment in the marketing process now for a few reasons. One, to make it easy for buyers. I've been recommending a few of the things that we're doing anyway. So for the sellers that I've been meeting and the ones now, there really isn't any difference. You need to have good quality photography. You need a floor plan. You need a video. So before some people would go, I don't really need a video. You need a video because... So full stop right now, you would recommend 100%. 100%. Everyone that you deal with, 100%. Unless it's Unless it's land value only. So How long does a video got to go for? Depends on the circumstances for the seller. So if the seller is a vulnerable person, so their immune systems maybe not or the, the wrong age, I would recommend a longer video for it being more of a walkthrough. So I recently spoke to somebody who is in that vulnerable category. They live in a unit complex. So I would be showing the intercom, showing the foyer, showing the lounge, uh, the lift, then up to the hallway, opening the door. I walk through the unit, show the garage, show the bin area, show the pool, so that a buyer, wherever they are in the world, is doing an inspection. Uh, for other properties, that may not be as necessary because you might be able to do that in a minute, but it depends on the client um, and, and tailoring it to suit the seller's needs. So the reach could be far greater than having open homes, right? Well, the internet's in, like it's international, it's global, and it's always been my focus that you need to make the online experience as good as possible. So it comes down to having a good agent to go, well, this property is definitely something that we should video or not. You just mentioned a unit before. Would that be something that you would do a video on? Or would you so, encourage- so, so, so the, I think video can be used for everything. I just haven't done it for certain properties and like one I just recently sold, which was land value only. The aerial shot, the house was rubbish. Um, it was about the position. So I didn't need to do a video for that one. Um, but every other property I've got at the moment has a video. Where do you see prices going, Damo? How long's a piece of string? Like, it, I don't think anybody can make any concrete predictions on what is about to happen because no one has lived through a pandemic of this stature that I know. I mean, when was the last one, 1918? Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who's 130 who can tell about what what the real estate market was like <laughs> in 1918. Um, so uh, I, I think there's a number of things that are underpinning strength in the marketplace. Record low interest rates, there's still a shortage of supply. And the wonderful thing about housing is that everybody needs to be housed. So unlike stocks or shares, they can go. Um, Everybody needs a home. So uh, yeah, I I still have a lot of optimism for our um, marketplace. That's good. Mm. And the top three don'ts, if you're looking to sell. Don't choose an agent because of the giveaway or the cheap commission. The cheapest agent is the one who's gonna put the most amount of money in your pocket at the end of the transaction. So you need to be really confident that the agent you're choosing is capable of engaging with a buyer, creating competition and getting the highest possible price. So you would be wanting to get someone that's been in the industry for a long time? Not necessarily, but you want somebody who you feel confident that they're gonna make a buyer feel confident 
and comfortable in this situation. They're going to make the buyers feel comfortable that they're not just going to say to you, take the first buyer, you want the best buyer. So there's still the best buyer out in the marketplace. So I was just recently able to put a property under contract for 715. I had three offers. So the first one was 651 cash unconditional. If I, if I put pressure on the owner and said, well, the market's bad, you know, take it, it's cash, it could have cost the owner $64,000. Offer number two was six seventy. dollars Offer three was seven fifteen. dollars So being very cautious with the agent that you want to take on. So that's, that's number one. Number one. Number one. Number two, two don't take shortcuts with marketing. Free marketing to me is criminal. You have to invest in the process. Just like you insure your car against potentially having an accident and needing to make a claim. A car is a depreciating asset, maybe worth $30,000. You might spend $1,000 a year insuring that depreciating asset against an accident you may never have. Here you have a home which might be worth half a million dollars. It's an appreciating asset. You should be investing in that process. Number three? You have to make your home shine more than it's ever shone before. It has to be so well presented and so clean. You can't be dirty at the moment because people are scared of dirty. Why do people take pictures at night? Oh, twilight shots. Yeah, wide twilight shots. Aren't they pretty? Do you think they're pretty? Yeah, look, I find them prettier Hmm. than the day shots. Well, I think you've got to pick your property. So I've got a waterfront property which faces east at the moment so the best time for that property to be photographed was 10 a.m because the light other properties they might shine at night so i think you really have to know what's the best time i always ask the owners when does your home look its best and the owner's going to know because they live there and they'll say oh look we think it looks great at this time or we think it looks great at night so Just a quick recap there. Make sure you choose the right agent. Don't take any shortcuts with marketing and make sure your home is perfectly presented for buyers to feel comfortable. What are the red flags that you might find a seller should look at when picking the right agent? Trust your gut. I think there's a lot of people out there that over-promise and under-deliver. That probably gives more emphasis doing three agents, right? That's right. Having a look at what they've sold in the past, how long they've been in the industry, and and, and the, following it's, your it's, intuition, yeah. It's well, and it's not the promise of a price. A, a lot of people think, oh well, that agent said my home's worth X. That that's the best price. It's actually not the promise of the price that's going to get you the best result. It's the process the agent uses. So fall in love with the process that the agent has because that's what's going to get you the best price. Yeah, well said, mate. That was. Really nice. Thank you. Quite enjoyed that part. Uh, Mate, uh, give me a bit of a forecast. Uh, You've mentioned that just before, but talk to me about the forecast. Where do you see things in the next 12 to 24 months? Well, first and foremost, I think for the people out there who are doing it tough at the moment, hang in there. You know, there's... There will be better days. You know, just as when you're high, a bad turn could happen really quickly, just as when you're at rock bottom... It's not going to be like that forever. So just hang in there and keep the faith and keep focusing on what you can control, your health, your sleep and what you eat. It's focus on the why um, and feel encouraged that there is still activity. 
we've got record low interest rates. We've got a shortage of supply of good property. So I think things will still continue to tick along. Um, and understand that if you're buying and selling in the same market, it's the changeover costs that you should focus on because all other costs remain relative. Looking forward, uh, I've never been one that's been one who likes to give a crystal ball analysis of what's happening because- It's very hard. It's impossible. So would there be a shortage of supply on the market at the moment? Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we had low stock levels coming into the pandemic and the number of listings has severely decreased. So that's only going to fuel a shortage. So what does that do for a buyer? For a buyer, it gives them less choice, creates competition, and then can have a positive impact on prices. So For the seller. For the seller, absolutely, yeah. So for the seller- So you can get into a bit of a bidding war. That's right, that's right. You, it, it, when, it's, when there's a shortage of supply, we saw what happened with toilet paper, um, mm. and we saw what happened with hand sanitizer. It's not gonna get as crazy with property, but um, I don't think people are gonna stockpile property because they're gonna run out, but- um, the same principles apply. Um, market forces depend on supply and demand. So if there is a shortage of supply for the sellers, it's great. So I think it's important that people looking at buying a property be comfortable with the extended finance date and also be comfortable with the potential extension on settlement. Would you suggest that that's probably something? Well, that it's, it's preparation with? for the purchaser. If you're, if you're in a marketplace where there is competition, you have to be prepared before you start buying because if there's somebody else out there who's more, more prepared than you and a property's going to auction, your 28-day finance clause isn't going to cut it. You're going to miss out on the property. But what about the settlement date? Given that the banks have a lot of processing offshore, that will delay settlement. So, If you are subject to finance, yeah. but if you've done the preparation and you're prepared to go to auction, mm -hmm. uh, which you might see more auctions because prices, if they start to increase or there's a little bit of uncertainty around prices, there might be more auctions. So for the purchaser, you need to be ready to buy on the auction how date many, at auction time. How many percentage of people would you find do auctions as opposed to just selling it, listing it Across property? the whole marketplace, it's it's hard to say. I mean, Ray Why White- Why do people do auction, Damon? Because of control of the process. Uh, Marketing a property without a price for 30 days allows you to understand where the buyers see value as opposed to looking at historical data, which may be very different to what's actually happening right now. It takes opinions out of the, the marketplace because the seller's going to have an opinion, the agent's going to have an opinion, but ultimately it is the purchaser that has the opinion that matters most. So gathering that information over a 30-day period allows a seller to understand where their home might sit so they can make an informed decision in a shorter period of time. Too often, you've heard it, you've probably seen it from friends or family or clients where the best offer comes along in the first couple of days, but the seller's not prepared to accept it. They miss it. They go, oh, I want 10, 20, $30,000 more. A month or six weeks passes. They go, oh, maybe I should have taken that. That buyer's purchased somewhere else or is now no longer interested or because the negotiation chips have gone now to the buyer, they'll pay less. And then that seller will now spend two, three, five, six months trying to chase the first buyer and end up with less. Are you having any issues with valuations at the moment? Not yet. Not yet. Not um, yet. Not yet. It could happen, but yeah. I mean, but yeah, I haven't seen any challenges as yet. People that are selling their property and they haven't gone auction, in the event that they don't get a bite, bite meaning an offer, mm -hmm. t 
time frame, 14 to 21 days, in the current environment that we're in at the moment. What's your suggestion there? Well, it, it really is a case-by-case case basis. It depends on... Lowering their price? Maybe their expectations are too Well, much. it also depends on the, the market. Is it a market that's buoyant normally? Is it a property that's normally very saleable or is it something that's not so saleable? So you need to quantify that. But you, we've mentioned here that there's a shortage of supply of properties on the market. There is, but in a particular, there might be five properties for sale in a particular unit complex at that particular time. So there's a few variables at play. That's what I, I mean with that. As a general market outlook, yes, there is a shortage, but it might be different in a particular patch. So you need to change something. Yeah, is it is it your strategy? Do you take the price off? Do you go to auction? Uh, is, it, is it a price issue? Uh, do you change your marketing? Do you change... The agent. Not... Then give them a chance. <laughs> Surely you've made a good decision. Um, but yeah, so your agent should be communicating to you regularly about what's happening. So you are feeling comfortable about that they're working hard and that you know what's happening. You're not going to like this question from me. That's all right. Terms and conditions for agents at the moment, I don't, is it goes a 30-day or is it a 60-day contract when you sign an REIQ contract? 90-day listing, days. yes. Would you encourage someone that has potentially made the wrong mistake with the wrong agent to reduce that term where you don't have the 90-day contract with that agent? So are they, are they already in an agreement? So I'm selling my property. Yes. I've You've gone listed with an it? agent yep. in the current situation at the moment. Mm -hmm. 90 days is my contract with that agent. Mm -hmm. If I'm getting no activity, I'm stuck with that agent for 90 days, correct? No, you can you can terminate with 30 days notice. The 60 days into a 90-day agreement is the minimum period of time. And then after that period of time, it's 30 days notice. Could you negotiate that with an agent? Oh, absolutely. Look, I mean, I've had plenty of clients who've felt a little bit uncomfortable. And I've put a clause in there that's saying, look, if you're not happy with me, I don't want to keep you. Um, so the agent should feel comfortable in their own ability to say, well, yeah, look, I'm not going to keep you to an agreement if it's not working. You mentioned before, Damien, the reluctance from people to look at the share market given the volatility of the share market. So property might be something you think that people have a little bit more comforting because they can visually see it. They know it's probably stable a little bit more. Do you think that we will see a little bit more activity in the property market from people moving forward? From investors? Yep. You could see a bit of a return from the investor. Investors were a little bit scared leading into the federal election last year because there was a lot of talk of changes to taxation and benefits around um, investment properties. Uh, thankfully, the government did you know, protect the industry. Are you seeing much activity from investors at the moment? People buying or looking to buy? I, I haven't in the last six weeks because I think there was obviously a little bit of concern around the legislation during the pandemic, which um, thankfully uh, the state government, you know, with the help of the REIQ, got right and a fair balance for all parties involved in uh, residential property. You're, a, you're an investor. Yes. Would you suggest to someone right now there's a good opportunity? It all gets down to the seller's circumstances. As an investor, you're looking for an opportunity. So there's always opportunities in any marketplace. If you're prepared, researched, and you can see value, go for it. Because there's only 12% of, I believe, the population have two properties in Australia, more than two properties. Right. So, you know, when you do get a little bit of negativity like this, 
sometimes that there could be some great opportunities for people that are looking at buying a house well, as an investment. Yeah, I, I love Warren Buffett's sayings, and I'll probably get his words wrong, but he says, be, be scared when everybody else is confident and be confident when everybody else is scared. And I think, yeah, there's this the smart people would be looking for opportunities in this marketplace. I mean, things like Airbnb and Uber came out of the GFC. What's going to come out of this that's going to help the rest of the world and become a billion-dollar company? We're yet to see it, but it'll happen. Damo, just finally, if you could elaborate maybe just on a good news story for us because we hear so much negativity at the moment. So if you've, if you've got a good news story at the moment. Yeah, so if you can cast your mind back to how the world was feeling just before Easter, um, everyone was locked down in a little bit of a panic state. I did launch a property the Wednesday before Easter. Uh, so it was an 810 square metre block in a good location, but the, the house was a dive. Over the next seven days, we had 2,000 views online. I had 20 inquiries. I had three offers and the property was sold unconditionally for a price the owner was delighted with within seven days. So wow. a lot of people in the marketplace would be thinking, oh, my home's never going to sell. It can sell. So that's the good news is there's, there's still people buying. There is still activity. Real estate is still very much open for business. Damien Misso, thank you very much for taking the time and your wealth of knowledge. You've been fantastic. Probably the most trusted agent I know and have known since 2004. I'll pay you that money later. Thanks so much, Barry. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. You can contact me on barry.wilkinson at swggroup.com.au. Or if you Google Statewide Wealth Group, Barry Wilkinson, that will come up and it will show you the links on how to get to me. It's quite easy. Jump onto our website, if you like, in our blog section on Statewide Wealth Group. You'll find some wonderful blogs that we've recently put up, some tips and tricks and some information from my business partner in relation to the financial planning sector. Fire us any questions. There's an area in within our website that you can ask us any questions that you like. And uh, feel free to subscribe to this podcast. If you can rate it, if you could, please, that would be really appreciative. And uh, feel free to send it amongst any of your friends and family. Thanks very much. <laughs>